Okay, so, uh, so uh, since I haven't been here, I haven't had the interaction with you guys to know if, first of all, like where you are in this Indie Grand journey, uh, if you know your number already. So uh, just so we're kind of on level ground, I'd love just to do a couple minutes of just kind of general overview of the Enneagram so nobody's sitting here for 45 minutes going, what in the world are you talking about? So, and already you may be thinking, I don't know what that is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So, a quick survey, show of hands this time, does, uh, who already knows their Enneagram number? Okay, most everybody, but not everybody, that's fine. Let's go what? Go around the room. Okay, yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, guess what number he is. Yeah, so you're a seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the system works. So I've never, you know, we haven't had a conversation, but, um, but that's, how this, that's how the system works. So um, if, if you haven't at all had any exposure, in fact, let me pass this out. So that as we go around the room, we can look at our notes here, and we can stereotype people and shame them. <laughs> No, the thing about the Enneagram is um, there are no good numbers, there are no bad numbers, they're just different. Right? Just different personalities, different people. Now, there are, which we're going to talk about today some, there are healthy sides of each number, and there are less healthy sides, or impoverished, or all the way down to like pathological sides of each number. So the task is to be, to have self-awareness, and to know how to use this system, so that you can gauge your own personal emotional health and always be striving for improvement. Um, but it doesn't mean like like the one on the on the Enneagram is often known as a perfectionist. And sometimes my experience has been those who are ones feel like the most shame or sadness when they realize, oh I'm a one, oh no. Well, but that's great. Like every number has really good attributes and then other Every number can get to a place where they're unhealthy too. So, um, okay, so you can see kind of a quick overview, and we'll use this later as we go through the video too. But, uh, so I'm just curious what your numbers are. So you don't have to, this doesn't have to be an all five, but if you'd like to share your number, that'd be great. I'll start. I'm a five, which is the investigator or observer. And the first time I heard about the Enneagram, first time I kind of went through a class, um, it took me about three seconds to identify that. In fact, I think I read the descriptions and I was like, oh, that's me. Um, and then when uh, Suzanne Stabila, who we'll see on the video, she was doing the teaching, when she went in depth into my number, I remember like chuckling out loud a few times because I felt like she was just reading it. I didn't know her at the time. And I felt like she was describing my life and stuff. So uh, that happens. Other times you can sit through long courses of trying to find your number and you still don't know exactly where you are. Okay, so I'm a five. Y'all want to share your numbers? I'm a six. Six. I'm a nine. A nine. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Is that your number? I'm a three. Three. Seth, you know yours yet? I'm saying probably about seven. Yeah, I would say that too. Nine. Nine. Two. 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 Nine. Nine. Four. Four. All right. Y'all know? Okay, that's fine. I'm a seven. Seven. All right. Okay, so good, we've got a good representation. Um, I, what I've read is sixes are the most common humans in the world. Uh, fours are usually the, the least common, just as far as <laughs> numerically. But again, that doesn't mean that one is 
you know, everybody has their own unique worldviews and struggles and gifts and assets. So, um, okay. So just real quick, if you're not super familiar with this, you can kind of see a diagram of these nine personality types. Now, one danger uh, with the Enneagram is what I just did a minute ago, where you cast type somebody, and I say, oh, he's an expert, fun-loving person, and instantly I'm like, oh, you're a seven. And everything I know about sevens, I have now projected onto you. And, and that's not a healthy, good way to use this system. So, um, Except sevens are always great. Yeah, yeah, generally sevens are sevens are fine with it. Yeah, but, <laughs> we'll take any compliment. Yeah, that's right. But um, but generally, you don't use this system to try to cast type or stereotype other people. Mostly, it's a reflexive tool that you can get to know yourself better and have more self awareness, self help aid. Um, but it does oftentimes offer uh, helps you offer at least in my experience, it has helped me offer other people more grace because if I uh, run into an eight who is usually um, can be a little bit more forceful and just aggressive might be the word. Uh, where eights just take the initiative and do things, and as a five, maybe that ruffles my feathers. Or I'm thinking, man, they're just steamrolling here. But really, what that means is, oh, well, well Emily's an eight, and I'm, I think I give her grace for that because I know that's just not she's not intending to hurt my feelings, but she's just that's just how she's acting. So that's fine. Anyway. So that's a quick overview. What I have just said, you can take we've got courses and read books, and so we're going quickly here. But um, okay, the other thing about the diagram that we're going to get in today, uh, well, a couple things. First of all, if you're a num if you're a certain number, like I'm a five, so that means I also have wings. I have a four wing and a six wing, and I might be uh, I might kind of my personality might kind of lean more towards one of those personality types more than. So that's the case for any. If you're seven, that means you have an eight and a six wing. So you, you want to be in tune to those personality types to see when you're kind of gravitating there. Um, so you've got so you're affected by those three personality types. Each of us are also in a triad. This is black and white, so you can't really tell, but like the top triad, eight, nine, and one is one triad that is kind of motivated a lot by um, uh, where are my notes? Yeah, anger uh, is kind of the sin or motivation. And they're also very physical, like uh, they use their body and do stuff. They put things in, in that triad. The two, three, four triad often is motivated by shame or affected by shame. Um, and they're more of a heart triad. So you kind of got your body, heart, and mind triad. But the five, six, and seven is more mind oriented. So it's more thinking, uh, logical. Move in our heads a lot and have great conversations in our heads that might not ever play out in a public sphere. So, like, I can be in a conversation and be fully engaged in the conversation and be thinking and be commenting on things and never, never say a word. And so, some people could read that as, man, Eric is really zoned out or not, or he's aloof. Like, a lot of times people think that guy's kind of aloof. And I'm really not. I just forget to. Engage and like interact. So, um, but the things I'm saying in my head are really good. Like, <laughs> you can hear them; they're really good. So, uh, okay. So that's just how kind of how the enneagram works. And then the final thing that I'll mention before we watch this video, and then we'll have some more discussion. 
Um, you can see the arrows on here. And so that's really what we're going to focus on today. And I think the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how different members can move to different members in times of stress and security. So let's start at number one. And if, if you're a one in a time of stress, you're going to move with that arrow to a type four. So if you're a personality type one and you're in a stressful time, you might kind of discover, oh, now I'm more acting or behaving like a four. Or just some of the four type personalities are showing up in my life. Okay? If you're in a really secure place as a one, you're going to go against the arrow towards a seven personality type. Okay? And again, that's not good. That's not bad. It's just you just want to be aware of it. The ultimate goal of the Enneagram is to really be able to move around the Enneagram in a healthy way. So you want to know all the numbers and kind of know all the signs of what it is to be a high-functioning whatever number so that as you move around the Enneagram, you can always be uh, in a healthy place. So, okay, so does that make sense with arrows? That's a key for today. Yeah, yeah um, I'm just, I've always been a little bit confused about what, uh, the meaning of stress and security yeah. means and like is this stress inherently negative stress and like the security is like the positive side like I'm, I'm just a little bit confused on what is actually meant by this yeah that's a, that's a good question and um, I think you would get different answers from different people in fact they, they, uh, they there are only a handful of like master teachers of the Instagram Richard Rohr Suzanne Stabile, who's on this video today, Ian Cohn has a podcast and wrote a book with Suzanne. Um, and they all kind of use different language to describe that move. Um, I learned from Suzanne, and this is the language she uses, stress and security. Uh, I, I think most of them would say to your question, yes, it is like more of a negative stress. So in fact, some would say, like as, since I'm a five, when I'm really healthy as a five, I can kind of get out of my five number and go to number eight, uh, which is where I go in security. So like when I'm really healthy and things are hitting on all cylinders and I'm feeling confident and good about my position in life, I can kind of lean towards number eight. Um, and as I fall down my number, you know, in, within a being a five, when I start getting into some unhealthy practices and um, start you know, developing unhealthy patterns, then I can kind of transition to a seven. Um, but the interesting thing is some of those teachers would say when you leave your number on the unhealthy side and go into the next number, you start on the healthy side. So it's, it's all kind of a continuum, but I would say not a linear, linear continuum. Like you can kind of jump around. So uh, I don't know if that's a very good answer to your question. But in, in essence, yeah, the stress would be more of the, the negative side and the security is getting good and positive. And I think it helps to know what thing you would go to in stress because sometimes you might not know you're being stressed out, but you can go, good grief, I'm acting like I'm two and I go to eight. And so when I'm real bossy, um, and I, I'm a mom of three, and so I'm bossy a lot. And I think it's because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so, but sometimes I think it's because they, in terms of conflict, I immediately more more likely to do that because I said so because I'm a mom, you know, that kind of thing. And and so if you know, this is not how I usually behave. What's what is stressing? 
like, um, we'll hear this on the video, I don't want to steal the thunder, we need to get it going. But, um, Suzanne talks about one of her kids who I think is a seven, and so in stress would move to a one, and he calls her one day and he says, uh, I don't know what's wrong, but my, I've organized my closet, my shirts are, you know, color coordinated, and so, I'm not sure, but I think I'm stressed out. Like, <laughs> he, he thinks, hey, I'm going to one, something must be wrong, he doesn't know what's wrong. Anyways, I should talk about that. But, um, but yeah, I think in general, it's, uh, if you're, you're kind of going down the scale, that's the stress movement. Um, okay, so does everybody, everybody at least understand the functioning of the arrows, because that'll be crucial for this discussion. And my understanding from Patrick is that you guys have already gone through one through six, uh, so we're going to talk about seven, eights, and nines. So raise your hand again if you're seven or eight or nine. Okay, great. So you'll hear some specific things. If you're not a seven, eight, or nine, uh, it will still affect you because this could be one of your wings. So if you're a one, you've got a nine wing. If you're a six, you've got a seven wing. Um, and and this, these are also some of the numbers that you go to in stress or security. So I'm not a seven, eight, or nine, but I go to eight so that part applies to me so it, or it could be a, a parent or a boyfriend or girlfriend or roommate or whoever could be in this triad so none of, none of us are totally out of this conversation for sure okay I'm gonna see if this will get started We've got eight remotes to choose from it's this one. Yeah, no. okay I think so. I think she's finishing up sixes right here. Turn on the uh, home video. Oh, yeah. And then they moved to one. Joel called me one day and he said, Mom, I'm really stressed. Can I come over? And I said, Sure, what's wrong? Mom, I'm just so stressed. It's like, I don't know if I've ever been this stressed. Can I come over? Well, now I'm getting all whipped up. I said, yes, you can come over. What's wrong? He said, I don't know. I said, how can you not know and be this whipped up? And he said, all I know is all of my laundry's done and all of my clothes are hanging up in my closet and my shirts are in order by color and by shade. So don't you think I must be terribly stressed about something? <laughs> To which I said, I think you should come right now. <laughs> Be very careful and come straight to my kitchen table. <laughs> okay, so what we have when they move to one, if they're on the high side, is they're going to follow through with stuff, and that's lovely. And then they slow down. Think about that, about sevens. And then they slow down, and they make decisions much more carefully. On the low side of ones, they become hypocritical and judgmental. And they take themselves very seriously. And they get all trapped in black and white thinking and they suddenly become an expert in almost everything. <laughs> in security, they move to five. Isn't that an interesting thing to think about? A seven moving to five in security. <laughs> and on the high side of five, they're less opinionated and they're much more thoughtful. But here's the important piece. They go deeper into everything. You know, we accuse sevens of kind of dancing on the surface of things. But in this space, they go really deep. And when they go deeper in thinking and understanding, they come up with the most wonderful things. 
I teach quite a bit, not as much as I'd like to, on college campuses. And when I'm teaching on a college campus and we're talking about Enneagram stuff, it never fails, really, that a seven will come up to me. And if I'm in a, uh, a church-related school, sevens will come up to me and say, so, I want to know, like, about Joan of Arc. What's worth being burned at the stake for? Now, you know, not many people ask you that question. <laughs> but you see, sevens do, and you know why? Because the excitement can be at either end. Do you see that? You remember when I talked to you about Francis? And I said, you know, Francis was really happy when he had everything, and he was really happy when he had nothing. But you put him in the middle, and life is ho-hum. Well, this is the same story. What's worth being burned at the stake for? Because I, I might sign up for that. Here they also name their fears, and they're quieter. And so when they talk, you listen to them in a different way. But on the low side of five, they're selfish, and they ignore their responsibilities. And here they're much more anxious, and they're irritated by other people. So you hear them kind of yapping and griping about the, the woman who checked him out at the grocery store and how nobody knows how to drive and that kind of stuff. So sevens, don't forget that on the high side of five, and think about that, think about what you know about sevens and what you know about fives. On the high side of five, you get to experience satisfaction. Suddenly what you have is enough. Don't you think that must feel great if you're a seven? <laughs> Eights. Well, in stress, of course, they behave badly in their own number. And so they sort of start attacking potential enemies before they're really enemies. And they're bad-tempered, and it affects everybody around them. And they're all about escaping vulnerability. They think they've kind of got that sack. They know how they're going to get out of that whole issue. I'll never be vulnerable, is how that language sounds. But then they move to five. And what happens on the high side of five is they just step back. So you have an eight who's providing the energy for everything. And on the high side of five, they just pull back and kind of observe for a while. And they see how you're doing things and what you're doing. And in that moment, they recognize that they are stressed because they're overcommitted and overtired. And they have a chance in five to retreat and reorganize and work things through for themselves, and then they re-enter with all of the energy that they had before. Now worldwide, this teaching may not be helpful, but in the United States, and, and probably in the Western world, it's an important thing I want to tell you about eights and why they need this space so much. Female eights go and go and go and give till they have nothing left, and then they kind of hit the wall and they slide down the wall and cry and talk about how they feel taken for granted and nobody understands them and all the things that you can imagine an eight saying. And then they go to bed and they get up the next morning and they're ready to roll. Male eights in our culture don't do that. They don't have the emotional permission, they don't have permission for that emotional intensity and so they keep going and going and going, and lots of them have stress-related illness. So if you're a male eight, and you could learn to take yourself to five, wouldn't that be great? Think about that, because you can do that. If you'll do enough Enneagram work, 
you can learn to take yourself to the high side of the number you go to in stress so that you can take care of yourself. For me as a two, it's the only place I can say no. Sort of like if somebody asks me to do something, I, I have to channel my eight before I can answer. And then I say, no. <laughs> and then if I don't stay there in that space, I find myself slipping right back in and saying, if that's okay. <laughs> Is it okay with you if I can't do it? So pathetic. So what happens with eights now in this five space is they don't feel like they have to be responsible for everything. And they don't feel like they have to give everything. But on the low side of five, they're less in touch with their feelings. And they're already in trouble in terms of having feelings be repressed. So when they're less in touch with their feelings, that is not good. And on the low side of five, lots of eights experience insomnia. They just can't sleep. And I don't know that I can explain that to you, but I've heard it over and over and over, so I know that it's true. Insecurity, eights move to two. And in that spot, on the high side, they're willing to be a little bit more vulnerable. Just a little bit. And they're uh, aware always that they have a pretty tender, gentle side. But when they're on the high side of two, they let you see that tender, more gentle side. They trust something that's bigger than they are and they allow other people to take care of them. On the low side of two, they become dependent and they have expectations that other people can't meet and they take things very personally in this space. So eights, think about this. On the high side of two, you can understand that justice is usually a reality that is beyond your control and that revenge is absolutely unnecessary. There's just not a thing you can do about every injustice there is. And there is a way in the universe where things get worked out so you don't have to take responsibility for that. Nines. Nines in stress behave badly, and it's interesting what that looks like. They're just stubborn, and they refuse to address problems, and they're using almost all of their energy to hold down their anger. And then, in stress, they move to six. And on the high side of six, they're a little more vocal, and they're a little more outspoken on their own behalf, and they give more energy to their relationships and to projects that offer them security. You know, it's, it's not good to be too afraid, and it's not good to never be worried about things. They're much more intentional in this space, but on the low side of six, they're overwhelmed. And they have anxiety that they don't know how to talk about, and they're more passive aggressive than usual, and they're reactive, and that's very unusual for nines. They're almost never reactive. And in security, they move to three. And on the high side of three, they have so much more self-confidence. So the best way I could talk to you about that is to tell you that uh, Joe, as a pastor of a church, is an introverted nine. And he uh, went to seminary when he was 14 years old. He's never wanted to do anything in his life but be in ministry. 
and on Sunday or any other day of the week when we're having special services. You take this introverted nine who's laid back and easy going and you put him in a robe and a stole and put him in the chancel area of our church and he's a three instantly. It's instant because that's the most secure place in the whole world for him. And there he handles things in his way and in his time and he knows he's good at it and he knows his presence matters. So I, I want you I want you to really think about that because there's a desire, I think, for nines to have more of those experiences, and here's why. It's how you learn that your presence matters, and it carries you, in our case, from Sunday to Sunday because you dismiss your own value every other day of the week. Now, I don't know what that is for you, but you've got something that matches that. That's just a template for you to work with. They don't struggle as much with inertia in this place, the high side. But on the low side of three, they take on more than they can handle. I'll do that. Sure, I can do that. Sure, I can handle that. And then they become more competitive and more image conscious. And this is the only place I observe nines to be tempted to dishonesty. So that's, that's not a good thing. So nines, think about this. On the high side of three, you can experience and enjoy lots and lots of harmony. Now the reality is that I've just given you a whole list of facts. And it's not exactly my favorite way to teach. You all know me by now and you know I like to have a little more fun than that. But I had to give you a lot. And in order to tell you a, a lot in a few sentences, you have to get it down to bare bones. So what I want you to do is expand everything I just taught you take time to expand it in all the ways that you know how because these two places the place you go in security and the place you go in stress are vitally important to you getting back to essence vitally important and I want you to remember I don't think you can take care of yourself without the number you go to in stress and I for sure don't think you're going to experience holistic healing without the number that you go to in security so once you need four energy and stress in order to get in touch with your deeper feelings. And you need the freedom you experience in seven to experience. Okay. And then she just kind of sums up all those numbers. Um, okay. So what did you hear that was helpful, valuable, confusing, assuring? I think when I get stressed out. So it makes sense. Okay. I just thought that was just a thing that I did because it's like it's easy to clean so it's like I can do something that I can see like it gets like cleaner as I go and then when I'm done like I can look around and be like that's something that I just accomplished right. and I never really knew that it's because like if that was a thing that everyone that was a seven does yeah. I was like I was going to say that and also when I know something or I think I know something it's like I have a doctorate in that so like when I get in an argument with somebody, I will defend that thing like it's my own life. So I just get really defensive really quickly and like I put up a wall and she was saying it's like you know everything. Yeah. And I definitely get like that. But at the same time when I'm really like when I really care about something, like an administrator that I'm involved in or like a person, like I'm really in tune with my thoughts and my emotions about that. So I'm like the other side.
guess that's like when I go to security, I guess, like I'm really involved in that and like it tugs on my heartstrings really hard and like I get really emotional about it. So it's interesting to see like the complete and total opposite of yeah. the two. Yeah. And as y'all are talking, yeah, I'm thinking about other people in my life that I know are sevens and seeing how those kinds of things are children in my We're very passionate people. Yeah. So I don't know if y'all can see this, but like we'll take being a seven as an example. So uh, let's see, in uh, in security, you go to what to a five, five, five. yeah, and in stress you go to a one, 
So, and then of course each in each category there's like a high functioning, just kind of regular. There's low functioning, and there's you know sometimes you can get all the way down into pathological things. And, uh, each each number has its own set of tendencies. We won't get into all that. So. The thought process is that some of these teachers would say is like as you go down in your functioning as a seven, when you get to low, then uh, all of a sudden you jump to the high side of one. And there's really good things about being a one. So you get things done and all those things you're talking about. And then as you move up the scale to your high side of seven, then you jump to being a five. And well, and actually you would jump to the low side of being a five. So you, so you've really got to be in tune with what are the the dangerous or the unhealthy things of being with a five, um, which I have to be aware of too, because I move up and down this scale. Um, so this is wrong. This is a this is a tremendous diagram. You probably want to take a picture of that. Uh, so, but you get it. Like as you move down, you're you're coming this way to the one. As you move up, you're starting on the low side of five. But as you do that, you want to really quickly get up to the high side of five, or be able to get yourself back. So that's what I was saying earlier, like, you know, there's good and bad to each number. You just always want to be aware of that scale on each number so that as you move between the numbers, and, and this doesn't even talk about, your, you know, your wings. So you've got a, a six wing and an eight wing, and so you want to know about their scales so that as you uh, go back and forth between those wings, you can always be a highly functioning person. Like that's, that's the whole point of this, is to try to be healthy. Are you, is the expectation you're either always stressed or you're always secure, so you're always, like I'm always a two flavored eight or a two flavored four, but never just a two. Yeah, no, uh, I think if you're just kind of normal, normal, not stressed or secure, yeah, not stressed or secure, then you would be a two. But uh, I would say you're always a two flavored whatever. Right, so there's two ways of being uh, eight. Like, like, because if I'm stressed, then I'm going to go here because this is how I need to take care of myself as a two in this right. spot. Yeah. It's all about how a two would be an eight, how a That's two right. would be a four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like as she's describing how a seven is an eight, mm -hmm. it's not the exact same description as, mm -hmm. a, as an eight because someone who inhabits the eight space does different things. A seven who goes to eight is going to have different coping mechanisms and but, it, but again, I, I think like the deeper you dive into the Enneagram, like I don't know if any of you have read this whole book. Um, this goes really deep. Richard Gore has a book that goes really deep. Uh, Suzanne Stabile has a book called The Road Back to You or Us. And that's like a great introduction book. But if you, the deeper you go, the more you discover, like got a little bit of almost all of the numbers at different times. And, and the task is to make sure that you're reading yourself and reading others and staying healthy. So it's very, it's very enmeshed. Yeah, so we will do it. Yeah, so. Um, my dad is an eight, right. so, and I'm a seven. So a lot of the times I get in my feelings about things, and I'm just like a very emotional person, whether that be like good or bad. And I'll go and talk to my dad about something like, Dad, like, what do you think about this? Like, I'm feeling this way. And, like, all this stuff is like, okay. <laughs> like, it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes. And that's not a bad thing. And I, like, would always get so upset, especially when I was a kid or, like, when I really cared about something and I was in my feelings. 
in my like five, I guess, or my one. Like I can still try to figure this out. Um, but when I get really emotional and I care about something, and hit, it'll be like talking to a wall. But then I just read and realized like that's not him not caring. That's him. That's just him being an eight. And like they kind of put that wall up because they don't really know how to deal with their emotions sometimes, and they don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way, I guess. And they said like the wall is kind of them protecting themselves, right. I guess. And like well, I've only seen him cry maybe like three times in the 22 years I've been alive. So like. Yeah, and that's I mean that's true for five as well. Like, yeah. I'm not great at expressing expressing emotion yeah. or studies are and so each each one is around. So what you're describing is that bit I was talking about like being able to give people grace. Yeah. So if you realize I didn't care. Yeah. It's not that at all. It's not that. And if you realize that on the fly, your relationship with your dad is so much richer now because yeah. you're not hurt, you're just realizing, oh that's that's just how he's processing. Um, so it really expands your appreciation uh, for others. Um, okay, so we're, we're just about out of time. Um, any other, Emily, what do you think about, you know, you can go to a five. Mm -hmm. I'm a five who goes to an eight quite often. Do you have any, I'm just curious to hear what the questions are. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember what she said about the five okay. one, but the part that really resonated with me and what she was talking about was how when you're in that low point of two, you take things really personally. I think Okay, so the challenge that I have with this general model is that um, it doesn't seem to take into account socialization and how we've been trained and reinforced, how our patterns have been reinforced. And that might, I'm, yeah, I have a degree in sociology, right? So I'm going to talk about socialization. But um, we, we don't talk about gender very much with this. Um, social class, race, culture, family dynamics. Yeah, that's, that's totally a legitimate point. Um, this is one tool or two right. of things. And it does pretty much focus on um, motivation for behavior that yeah. is just natural. So it's more of the nature, not the nurture. And I would, I would challenge that I don't know if we have much behavior that's Yeah, okay. Social yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I think right. that's right. It's all influence. You probably can't extrapolate the two. Yeah. And I'm an eight, so. So take it with a grain of salt. Well, it's less of a challenge, right? Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's right. I think there's a lot, like, as I said, the deeper you go into this, the more you realize, oh, there's some of all these personality types that are reflected in me. Yeah. There are situations like in my family, I could be one way, and at work, I could be another way, sure. or if I'm traveling, you know, there are, there are certainly different settings and contexts that different personalities are going to have. Mm -hmm. I have um, kind of come full circle on the Enneagram, just my own personal experience. When I, like, when I first discovered it, I thought, man, this is the greatest thing since I've read. Um, I've kind of gotten to the point. Then for a while, I was like, eh, I, I don't know. You know, it's a lot. Who knows? And now I'm back to the point of, I think it's helpful. Um, I think it's helpful to the point of knowing myself better and striving for better health and offering grace to other people. Um, but it's not like the only way process who you are as a person. So if you struggle to find your number or if you just don't buy into it, don't feel like you're a lesser human, um, 
This is just a tool in the tool bag to try to help us be healthy. And of course, it all uh, can wrap up in how we follow Jesus and how, how we're living out our faith. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm sure that the conversation will continue next week. Patrick should be back. Thanks.